Amen. I do want to say thanks to our praise and worship team uh, week in, week out. They, pra- they put in time, practice, and uh, uh, I want to especially thank Jordan because he had a lot of hours, unseen hours that he puts in, upgrading technology at his own uh, personal expense, hours doing stuff that none of us really know would or would even have a clue how to do. And then also just that it's a tough job. I mean, being a pastor has its difficult things, but being a, a worship leader, certainly it's like you've got to thread a needle every week because we all have very diverse ideas about worship. And so uh, I appreciate you guys being gracious, and I appreciate Jordan's graciousness in return. And so I'm just really, really, really grateful for our worship team and uh, just the way that that's growing grown and is continues to to grow so i just want to make sure and mention that you know we're in the letter to ephesians right this is uh it's a, we call it the book of ephesians but it was originally a letter that paul wrote to this group of people and now what i want to do is i want to just have you guys give me a little reminder of what we've learned so far i'm putting the work on you guys Some things you know about the book of Ephesians or that you've learned so far in the book of Ephesians. I learned we haven't gone very far. All right, all right. Excellent, excellent. So the, the letter's written to this group of Christians who are in this major city, and it is a pagan city. It's known for idol worship. It's known for its temples to, to, to deities. They had, I think, uh, Diana slash Artemis. They kind of, she went by two different names. But there was also like 50 other deities that, deities, false gods that they were heavily worshipped. And so these Christians had come out of that. A lot of these Christians in this church actually had burned their books of magic and their satanic books uh, as part of a turning and pursuing Christ. So good. And Paul wanted them to know, you guys have been called by God. There's a whole new calling in front of you guys. Excellent. What else do you remember? Anything else we remember? So he talked about the fact that they were called to become adopted children of God. So their new identity is adopted children of God and that they have been redeemed, remember? And then he also said, I'm going to give you, I'm going to reveal the plan to you and my plan is to restore. So he kind of gives them the plan. And then he talked about the work of the Holy Spirit, the fact that they have been, if we gave two images there, the picture of a seal and an engagement ring the promise of our eternal security and that we don't have to wonder. If we put our faith and trust in Christ, we don't have to wonder or don't have to doubt about those things. And it's all kind of under this big blanket. He says, you've been given every spiritual blessing and he starts naming those things, okay? And then uh, what we're gonna do today, we're moving out of that section where he said, I'm giving you, I've given you, no, I'm giving you. God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing. Now, the next section we're going to cover is a prayer. And so today, 
I want to just start out by, by asking a few questions about prayer. When you think of prayer, or when you think of the word pray, what are some of the pictures that come to your mind? Okay, somebody kneeling, bowing. Any other pictures? There's no right or wrong answers here. Hands folded. Eyes shut. Okay. Heart of thankfulness. Okay. Talk a little bit about Okay. Not with your eyes shut though, right? Okay. Typically. <laughs> Yeah, can, can you all relate to those things? Kind of probably some of those images come to your, to your mind. Do we have to have our eyes shut to pray? Do we have to have our hands folded? Do we have to be on our knees? Is it wrong to do those things? Can it be good to do those things? Yeah. Georgie. Okay. Okay, good. I like that. It says in Scripture that we are coming before his throne of grace by the work of Jesus. And so kind of, a, <clears throat> sorry, a picture of him uh, with open arms is a very appropriate picture that he's the one who's given us access to God's throne. What's throne? A throne is a place of uh, authority and power, but a throne of grace. So that would be a throne that's just full of undeserved gifts and coming before his throne of undeserved gifts. Good, good. So these questions, uh, I'm not going to ask you to answer these out loud, but how often do you pray? You know, generally speaking, how often? Just kind of being real, you know, let's be real practical here. Do you pray once a day? Do you pray uh, all out throughout the day, whether you're driving or working, or do you kind of forget and then you pray at church? But we all probably have a different degree of how often we are praying. And then what do you pray about most? If you kind of had to categorize your prayers are they prayers of thanks are they prayers for yourself are they prayers for your family are they prayers from the newsletter are they prayers about society are they what what exactly do you pray about most can you kind of assess that for yourself a little bit and say most of my prayers kind of fall in this category we can probably all just be honest with ourselves and, and see where we fall there well today we're going to talk about a few steps that we can take to transform our prayer life. And I'm excited about this message because I feel like our church is doing an excellent job of praying for one another. We really are. But what's exciting is we can even more round that out or even another add a few more dimensions to that prayer, uh, our prayers for one another, that... I feel like, not just I feel like, who cares what I feel like? You guys don't care what I feel like. I don't know. God's word says is a proper way for us to be praying for one another. And so we want to talk a little bit about that today. I'm going to pray one more time and then we'll dive into the passage. This prayer is pretty long prayer. We're only going to cover the first four verses of it today because you know, I want to kind of break it down into real simple, easy to chew on bites. Um, but we're going to read through the whole thing first, and then we'll just cover those first four verses. Let me pray. Father, we do thank you that we can come before your throne of grace. I thank you for the way our church is praying for one another, and please help us to have soft hearts. I, I feel like sometimes it can feel like when we tell somebody how to pray or give guidance in prayer, it can kind of feel like we want people to butt out of that 
it's our personal relationship, but help us to just learn from your scriptures ways that we can be praying even better for each other. And so I ask that you would give people here, myself, just a, a new dimension of prayer and that we would step into that even starting today and grow in our ability to pray for one another. We love you. We want to learn how to love you better. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. So the, the passage is uh, Ephesians 1, 15 to 23. And we're just going to cover part one. And next week, we'll talk about a few more aspects, the second part of this. Therefore, I, this is Paul, also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Here's what he's praying. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Those are the verses we're going to cover today. Here's some of the additional verses. That you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Can you see why we're not going to try and cover all that today? That's a lot, right? So we'll start out with the, um, well, let me continue going. He put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. We'll talk about the second verses next week. But first, let's just start here. Therefore, I also... And I'm just going to talk about a few points in this. Therefore, what he's saying is, for this reason, or because of these things, all those blessings, remember? All the spiritual blessings. Because of all that stuff that I just listed, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for the saints. So whose faith in? The faith is in who? The Lord Jesus Christ. And the love is for? The saints. Since I heard of that, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So kind of just talking about this, what would Paul say that he had heard about our church? Remember, he's in prison in Rome. He was writing this uh, while he's under house arrest, essentially across the Mediterranean. And so he's getting news about this church. What would he be saying if he had heard about our church? Does anybody have any ideas what kind of things Paul might say he had heard about our church? What kind of news do you think might go out about our church? Hopefully the same things. Good. Yeah, the, the, we're basing things on God's word, not just a bunch of religious traditions. Yeah, that, hopefully that word would go out. Good. And that would be a demonstration of our faith in God and his word. Good. And, and I believe that's true of us all here, growing in that. Any other signs of faith and love in our church? What would the signs of faith and love be? 
Right. And so uh, I'm going to get to that in, in just a second, but that's one of my, the big answers I have. Good. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a minute. That was one of the big ones that came to my mind, which is, uh, I feel like a very loud statement of faith in God and love for each other. Prayer demonstrates that, doesn't it? So I feel like, good job, guys. We're doing it. We're baby stepping it. If you ever watched What About Bob, that's What About Bob reference. Volunteer, get involved. Yeah, and it, it's really cool to see, you know, I mentioned Jordan today, but there are all kinds of Ned's over here hanging signs uh, a couple days ago. Uh, David's here cleaning up a bunch of nasty stuff, putting out donuts. We got people that are, I know Carly just grabbed, uh, um, grabbed Scott to go work with the kids just out of the blue and a lot of willingness. Uh, I could just look around and we got people that do their thing to serve. That is a demonstration of faith in God and love. One of the things that stands out to me in this church is people's willingness to be open and honest about themselves. And on the other hand, the way that we love people right where we're at. I think our church does a pretty good job of that. Not feeling like you have to come in with some facade on, some fake mask of how spiritual you are or how mature you are, but just coming in as you are. And I think you do a pretty good job. To me, that's a really loud statement uh, of faith in God and love for one another. I know people check in and care. I had half a dozen people asked me about my back today. And that is a real sign of, of love. That's, that's really a sign of love. And I know that we continue to check in on each other. Those, so we have a lot of those things going on. So I just want to say, I think Paul would be hearing some good stuff about Paradise Springs Community Church and not just Sunday morning stuff, but the way that we are behaving as saints. And so one, I, I thought one of the biggest ones is prayer and praises on behalf of one another. Kind of like Rochelle said, I think that's one of our strongest things. I want to talk a little bit more how we can even develop that even more today. And so let's look at this. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So one of the things he does is he thanks God. So if you want to take another step in your prayer life for one another, is be thanking God for the other saints. That's a pretty simple thing. Like, I can do that. And I would encourage you, you might have three or four here where you're like, oh, I'm so thankful for so-and-so. I would encourage you to stretch that out a little bit and maybe even say some prayers of thanks for the annoying people that are in here. And if you're like, I don't think there is anyone annoying, then it might be you that are the annoying person. In. Just kidding, just kidding. But we all probably have people that we really click with or that we don't click, click as much with, but that we would be praying prayers of thanks for one another. I just, we don't need to really go through all the details of this, but I just kind of had some thoughts on this. One is when we're grateful for someone or something, don't we treat them much better? If you think, oh, my, my house, this house is such a drag. This house is, we, our house is too old. Our house is too small. Our house is too this, or I don't like our neighborhood. 
are you going to be tending to take care of that house and want to work on it and fix it up or take care of things, maintain things? Probably not. But as soon as you become grateful for it and you're like, I'm grateful for this house we have, you're going to want to take care of it. If it's a job and you're like, I'm just grateful to have a job, aren't you going to be a little bit more inclined to nurture the relationships in that job? If you're grateful for a person versus if you're looking at all the bad things about a person, how are you going to probably work in that relationship? How are you going to treat that person? Probably not good. But if you're finding those things to be thankful for, you will tend to, it will change and transform the way that you treat those people. We had a, a little green Honda, which was a great car for a long time. And then towards, uh, it wasn't really the end of its life, but it started kind of getting to where we weren't really taking as good a care of the green Honda as we should have. And then one day we're kind of like, oh, I just wish we had a different car. Oh, I just wish we had a different car. I, just, I was like, Carly, we should just start really doing the best we can to take care of the little green Honda. And as soon as we started taking care of the little green Honda and making sure it was all cleaned up and things, Ned and Amory are like, hey, you want to trade your little green for a labu like yeah god did something because i feel like god did more for us because taking care of what we had had we're grateful for it and enjoying it and god said okay let's roll out a little bit more for you then we crashed that car and i say we actually um <laughs> she's in kids she doesn't need to know <laughs> wasn't her fault uh <laughs> just kidding you know i'm teasing okay hopefully kind of relationship yeah. uh consider how we reminisce about someone once they're gone we don't want to wait till someone's gone to be grateful for them right you ever think about that sometimes we're not grateful and we don't reminisce and appreciate the things about a person until they're gone. And if you've ever experienced that, that can be a really difficult thing. I can't play much on the guitar, but I can play this one little cowboy song. I'm not playing it today. Uh, but it's called Give Me the Roses While I Live. I'll try not to sing it. I'll try to just read a few lines. <laughs> nah. Wonderful things of folks are said when they have passed away. Roses adorn their narrow beds over the sleeping clay. Give me the roses while I live. Try to cheer me on. Useless are the flowers you give after the soul has gone. Kind words are useless when folks lie cold in that narrow bed. Don't wait till death to speak kind words. Now should the words be said. Give me the roses while I live. Try to cheer me on. Useless are the flowers you give after the soul is gone. And again, that's kind of talking about how we treat each other. But the same is true for being thankful. We should be being thankful. Got a lot going on in there. Who's, who's in charge in there? Yeah, I guess. Um, so just that idea that just even in natural life, it's, it's wise to be grateful for each other. And I feel like this is one of the bigger points is to thank God for each other. Even the difficult people, when we do that, it reminds us of the high price that was paid to make them a child of God. It helps us to remember how valuable they are. So when we begin to say, thank you, God, for so-and-so, and thank you for, 
and we start to name people and, uh, and be thankful for our brothers and sisters that we have here. And we begin to go, wow, that's my brother and sister. And they are annoying. But you know what? Jesus Christ shed his blood to make them my brother and sister. He bought them. Man, they're valuable. And it changes our heart. So if we could add that dimension, being thankful for one another in our prayers, it will transform our hearts, the way we treat others, and our church as a whole. And I feel like that's a nice, easy, simple little step we can do. We're praying for each other anyway. We're doing a great job of that. Add prayers of thanks to it. Diana, did you have some? Mm-hmm. And, and I think sometimes uh, in order to realize this, we have to realize, hey, he, he did that for someone like me. Um, helps us put it in a better perspective. <laughs> Good. All right. The next step you could take is pray for one another to have spiritual insight. So let's look at what he prays. He says, so I, I pray, I'm giving thanks for you always that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom. I mean, check out some of these words here. The spirit of wisdom. That, that means like an attitude of understanding and revelation which that's the same word as we have for the book of Revelation. And it means like the unveiling. It's like if we had a big statue here and it was something covering it and we uncovered it so that there would be kind of like, oh, I see it now. You couldn't see it before, but now it's been unveiled. I can see it. That's the idea. So that you have this heart or the spirit of understanding, of wisdom, of knowledge, uh, and this revelation, this unveiling. And we'll get to this part, uh, the knowledge of him in a minute, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Some versions say the eyes of your heart. I like that the eyes of your heart would be opened up. And so this is what his prayer is for him. He's praying. I mean, look at all these phrases he uses in this short little, I don't know how many words are there, 10, 12 words. And how many of them are spirit of wisdom, revelation, revealing eyes of your heart being enlightened or brightened or opened up. It's really clear what he's praying for that they would have a spiritual awareness, spiritual insight. His prayer for them was that they would have a light bulb moment. Spiritual light bulb moments is what he was praying for them. And so if we read it and we kind of think about the context as Rob was talking about, I think it's interesting here. What's he praying for? For their eyes to be open. He doesn't pray that the temple of Diana would get smashed and burned and uh, burned to the ground or he wasn't praying that uh, the roman government would change its ways and, and fall in love with god he wasn't praying that he wasn't praying i pray that the marriages that are struggling there in your church would be fixed i'm praying that the people would be healed of their diseases he's like pray that your eyes would be opened up i don't think there's anything wrong with praying for some of those things but i think this highlights the fact that we need spiritual insight more than we need a change of culture or circumstances. We, give me one second. 
we want everything to change. We want our circumstances changed. We want our problems fixed. We want all the trouble taken away. We want society to be better. We want all of these things, but that's not even what Paul's praying for. He's not praying. In fact, if we kind of go through and look at fast forward to the end of the book, he's saying that you can stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And how does he say to stand firm? He's basically saying the schemes of the devil are going to be there, but you need to learn how to stand firm. And part of learning how to stand firm is being spiritually awakened, having spiritual eyes. His prayer for them is not that they would be removed out of this society or that society would be just kind of tampered down and tamed down for them, but that they would have boldness because they have spiritual insight. Rochelle. Yeah, and this is one of the ways we get that accurate knowledge. Keep going back to this, uh, God's word, because that's one of the ways that we will have spiritual insight. Good, Georgie. Right, right. And so that is a, a good note. We need to make sure that if, if you... For living in this world, or just even in in-home relationships, we need wisdom from God's word, not just what our gut tells us or society tells us or any of those things. We need wisdom from God's word. But then sometimes there are some things that we can't force other people to get in God's word, but we can be doing this as we're praying. And so part of what I would say is in our prayers for one another, we're praying for someone to get over COVID. Pray for them to get over COVID. Don't stop praying for that. Or that they would be protected from a disease. Pray for that. But you can also add another dimension. Thanking God for that person. And also asking God to give them spiritual understanding. I had this back thing is annoying me. And I'm going to try not to make a big deal about it. Because compared to what all we have going on here in our church, it's not a big deal. But I need a paradigm shift. I need a spiritual perspective on it rather than just make my back feel better which is a lot of my prayers were uh, first few weeks but as I start studying I'm like god i want to learn what do you have in me for this how can i be more dependent how can i be more compassionate of others will you give me spiritual insight in light of this i want my back fixed but i, I don't want to miss out on what you have for me here and so as we pray for these situations, good, bad, praises for one another, praises, prayer requests, tragedies, pray that God would give spiritual insight even more than just changing their circumstances. Still pray for that. When you're praying for our culture or our society, pray that there would be a, a spiritual change. It gives us a perspective and strength that we need to endure all of life's difficult circumstances, right? When you have a spiritual insight, and you know God's going to fix it in the end. Or you know that his power can be made perfect in our weakness. In other words, we can grow bitter or we can grow better. We can mature or we can become hard-hearted. And as you begin to have that perspective and you have a, Chris, uh, a spiritual perspective, you gain strength to stand up in the middle of the difficulty. Each difficult circumstance provides a new opportunity. 
whether it, it's my back or you're not sure how you're going to pay the power bill this week. Our prayer for that is hope money to come from somewhere, right? Hope the money to come in. I don't want my power shut off. Is that okay to pray that? Yes. But you, right there, you have an opportunity when you're worried about your power bill to grow, to change, to lean on God in a way that you would have never had before. And as soon as, I'll tell you what, that opportunity is done and over as soon as the power bill is paid. You've missed out on that opportunity if you didn't learn what you're supposed to learn in that period of time. And also that there's no problems that last forever. There's no problems that last forever. You're like, well, what if you end up dying? Then that's when they ended and that's not forever. None of our problems, I don't want to be bleak, but that's just the reality of it. Some of them may, some of our problems may hang on till our death, but none of them last forever. And so what we want to do is we want to make sure that we seize the opportunities that we have now. And we want to pray for others to be able to seize the opportunities. Someone may be going through a horrible time in their life. And that may be what God is wanting to use to bring them to himself or to grow them to depend on him more. I can almost bet that the most of us have grown the most as a result of difficulty. How many people here have a challenge, a difficult time, a struggle, something traumatic? Probably a lot more. Me too. Probably a lot more than when things were going good. So sometimes we need to be careful to not just have God rescue the people out of these things. Pray for that, but go rescue them out, but help them to see what they need to see. Paul prays for spiritual insight, not that problems would be taken away. We can learn something from that. So here we have, be thankful for one another. We can add that to our prayer list. Pray for them to have spiritual insight, for God to do something spiritual in their hearts and minds through whatever situation. Uh, and I don't, I'm not going to take much time on this, but whether it's a person, nation, true healing begins with spiritual awareness. When Christ was talking about, uh, they are like, why do you tell these parables? And he, he kind of goes through and then he says, this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes. And up here, he's like, though they see, they do not see. Though they hear, they do not hear or understand. He's saying there's a need for you can see things happening but not have a spiritual understanding and here he says otherwise they might see with their eyes hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and i would heal them that means to make whole i would restore i would deliver i would make them whole I know this is hard to, we talked about this on Wednesday a little bit. It's so hard for us. And we came up with some great ideas on Wednesday of how to be spiritually minded through the week. Because don't we get sucked with physical things? It's so easy. I mean, it's really hard to stay spiritually minded. It really is. But the reality is we need God to kind of click on the light switch spiritually for us. Because as much as the physical is important, the spiritual is more important. Is that hard to buy into at all a little bit? You're like, yeah, yeah, I know. That's, I get it. That's what the Bible says, but you don't live in my shoes. 
I got a lot of problems that need to be fixed. And you can talk all this spiritual stuff you want. We got real problems. We'll talk about it in terms of like, but I'm talking about real life stuff, right? Don't we say that? But in the real life stuff, and we need to understand that true healing, true wholeness, spiritual healing, spiritual wholeness is more important than physical healing and physical wholeness. Man, that's difficult to, to buy into. But it's the truth. And it really is true. And so that is one more way we should be praying. It's as important as it is and as desperate as we pray for someone's physical release from a problem or circumstances to change, as hard as we pray for that, it's so important for us to be praying just as hard for something spiritual to ignite in that person's heart hopefully through that circumstance. It may not make sense to us, but it is more important according to God's word. Last is uh, he prays for them to have spiritual enlightenment. And I want to just kind of highlight this. Why? Knowledge of him. Fact is, we need to know God more than we need change of culture or circumstances. So we need to have our eyes open more than we need that. But ultimately, we need to know God deeper, better. So another thing is we can pray for people to know God deeper and better. Now, is there a difference between knowing things about God and knowing God? Yeah, it's kind of hard to define if I said, so what's the difference? That can be a tough question to kind of ask. Do you know God or do you know about God? Well, I know God. Well, in what ways do you know God? What does that mean? What's the difference? One idea came to me about a teacher. So if you have this teacher, let's say growing up, you're in grade school and you got, um, I don't know why this guy's name came to my mind, Mr. Corbin. You got Mr. Corbin. You know, Mr. Corbin's a strict teacher. You know, he's kind of fun, kind of funny, uh, kind of no, no nonsense somewhat athletic, kind of like a coach-ish kind of guy. And so I know Mr. Corbin. Do I know Mr. Corbin? I know some things about him. I have some interactions with him. I know him. But do I really know him? I don't know. I don't know what kind of husband he is. I don't know what kind of dad he is. I don't know if he is a husband. I don't know if he is a dad. I don't know what his hobbies are. I don't know how he relates to other people around him. I don't know what his strongest character strengths are and his weakness character flaws are so i know him but do i really know him and the idea here is that we would truly know god not just be able to rattle off a list of things about god although those are important not to just rattle off but to know truth about god but that we would have an experiential fellowship relationship with God. And the fact is, we all need to grow in that knowledge of God. Isn't, isn't that true? Some people have never trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. That's where they need to start. They need to know God in that way. They need to know Christ as their Savior. Some people maybe have walked with Christ for many years, but maybe they grew up without a father. So they don't really know God as a, what a true father, a good and right father is. They need to know God in that way to be refathered according to what God says a father is. May need 
may you, you may get that, but have a hard time depending on the Holy Spirit. So you need to get to know what it sounds like to hear the guidance of the Holy Spirit or to, to know what it means to be led by the Spirit. So you need to know God in that way. Maybe it's that you need to know and trust, and I would say trust is a big part of it, that God is omniscient. He knows what's going on with you. He knows what's going on in your heart. He knows what's going on in your mind. You may be able to go, like, I know God has a plan for it all. But does he really get how I feel? Does he even care? And we need to know God in that sense, that he's compassionate and has a heart. So that's how we can be praying for one another, is that they would have a more well-rounded understanding and experience and relationship with God through these things we're praying for. I understand in some ways these are easy steps because it's like, pray thanks, pray for their eyes to be open, pray for them to know God better. In one way, that's simple, but that is going to add something to, to praying for one another. I would desperately encourage you to do that. It's a pattern we set, see set forth in God's word and it will transform not only that person, but us and our church. If we will learn to be, I feel like we're doing great. I feel like going great job guys. Now let's add a little more dimension to it. Let's just kind of like next baby step. We're baby step in this prayer thing. We can do that. Take a next step. So as the better we know God, the more we're going to trust him. If you want to stand up in this world, whether it's through your pain, through problems, through a messed up society, if you're going to be, you need to be able to stand firm. You're going to need to be trusting in God. The more we know God, the more we'll trust God, right? Not true of everybody. There are some people you get to know and you trust them less. You're like, yeah, they're probably not going to show up. They show up about 50% of the time. Oh, they're probably not going to fall through on their word for that. Oh, I don't know if I can trust them. All I do is hear them gripe about and gossip about everybody else. I'm sure they're probably gossiping and griping about me as soon as I'm the one not in the room. But God's not that way. The more we get to know him, the more we can trust him. The more we trust him, the stronger we'll be able to stand. You want to stand strong in this messed up world? Learn to trust God. And how is that going to happen? How can we get to know God? Through spiritual insight, the work of the Holy Spirit. This one way the Holy Spirit works is through his word. It's called the sword of the spirit. And as a matter of fact, the sword of the spirit. So the word and the spirit are linked so tightly together. But also Holy Spirit working in a person's heart that will allow them to get to know God. It's not something I can force or lecture. And I've tried it to try and just lecture or teach or push. Or, that's not going to do it. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. So one, I just want to say, you know, one of the big signs in our church is the way that we are actively praying for one another. It is beautiful. I'm so encouraged by it. I really, really am. I feel like it's just grown and grown and grown over the past uh, year and a half or so. And I think a lot of you guys can attest to that. But we can kind of move it to that next level. And I just want to encourage you to do it. It's going to take a little bit of work, but just start chipping away. Ch start baby stepping one by thanking God for one another. Praying for one another to have spiritual insight. What's the last one? To know God. To know God. All right, let's pray. Father, we come before you. We thank you for your son. I do thank you for the way our church is praying for each other. 
And please help us to learn how to grow in that and to be willing to take those next steps. Just even using the newsletter, something as simple as that, and practicing uh, in our regular weekly prayers to add these, this dimension, these dimensions to our prayer. We thank you. Thank you for your son. We pray these things in his name. Amen.